Hello everybody, welcome to Take the Black Live, where we talk about all things Game of Thrones, Song by some Fire, Fantasy Fiction, what have you. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnersComing.net, here with Cheryl Wathnar, an editor at Culturist.com. Hi Dan. Hello, how are you Cheryl? I'm here, how are you Dan? I'm good, and hello to everybody uh, out there. Hello Sue, hello Julie, hello Pete, hello Kenny, hello Carolyn. We are here to talk about some Game of Thrones news, and um, as always, in the lead-up to Season 8, there is plenty to discuss. As always. I Let's go. We, I thought we would begin with, um, you, and you guys may not have seen this, a new Season 8 teaser that dropped in a place of mystery. We're going to play you a brand new, well, like a week-old Season 8 teaser. Not the one in the crypt, something new. So roll it, and we can talk a bit about it. And away we go. Seventeen years ago, you rode off with Robert Baratheon. You came back a year later with another woman's son. I heard a story about a baby born during the worst storm in living memory. She had no wealth, no lands, no army, only a name. The last Lannisters. It's the last ones you count. He needs to know the truth. He's never been a bastard. Lannister, Targaryen, Stark, they're all just spokes on a wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Mind blown. <laughs> Seriously, you liked it? I, I actually, I don't want to say I liked it better than the Crypt teaser, but I, I liked... Understand. I liked the aesthetic of it, even though Jamie Lannister looks like butt. To put it mildly. He looks like weirdly waxy. Yeah! <laughs> it's a little strange. But yeah, it's, it's very nice. And um, it was made by a production company called Mirari & Company, who do work for HBO Asia. So my best guess is that that is a teaser aired in the HBO market, because we didn't see it here. No. It's kind of odd, because like Game of Thrones is so hot right now, you'd think they'd use everything. I actually really do love it. I think it's really, really pretty. And just like kind of, I almost do like it better than the Crips thing. I mean, it's unique, right? Yeah. A beautiful tapestry. Everyone looks really good. I also like it because it highlights a lot of different characters and people. It's not just the Starks. You got Cersei in there. Jamie looking like butt. <laughs> um, you know, you got uh, Rhaegar and Lyanna. You have Tyrion. You have lots of people instead of just the Starks and the Crips. Mm -hmm. I I also like that it, it it kind of seems like what the For the Throne campaign should have been. Totally. In a lot of ways. I completely agree. With yes. You. I see what you're saying. Yes. As Carolyn says, I think it gives you more to think about than the Crypt one says Carolyn. And I agree. It, de it depends on what you're trying to think about. If you're trying to think about the overarching story of Game of Thrones, this is the one you want. If you're trying to think about what's mm -hmm. coming or what kind of crazy symbolism, I think the Crips one might serve you a little better, but six and one, half a dozen the other, I think both are really, really good and kind of thought provoking and getting everybody hype. Not that Game of Thrones needs help, but it's still, it's still nice to actually have an ad campaign. It makes you think... I'm sorry. It makes you wonder what we're going to get when we finally have a proper trailer, which I'm sure will be any week now. Oh, yeah. I know. I know the showrunners have said, oh, we kind of don't want a trailer, but yeah, that's stupid. sorry. We can't. Sorry. Doesn't work that way. Well, really fast. I mean, would you be up for that? So the showrunners have said, like, if they had their way, they wouldn't even have a trailer, which, I mean, th there is an argument that trailers, you know, these days give away too much. And can't we go back to a time when... Uh, we didn't have that stuff and just you go into something and it's fresh or a trailer just has like a scene from a movie rather than prompts you with the entire thing. 
Would you be into just getting rid of trailers, Cheryl? Not just for Game of Thrones, but in general? No. I guess not. No, I like it too much. (laughs) I like having the conversations. Oh. Oh. Uh, Sorry, just Michael Douglas is here. And um, first time back in a while. I hope it wasn't because we made fun of your name, Michael Douglas. But I'm glad you're here. Yes. Um, I actually like how trailers tease all kinds of things. Because there is actually a lot of misdirection still in a teaser. true. Or a trailer. And I just kind of enjoy picking apart every single shot. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah, me too. We, uh, uh, when The Last Jedi teasers came out, I <laughs> basically was doing shot by shot, just trying to figure out what was going on and who was where when. Oh, um, I'm, I'm completely with you. I just yeah. wonder if it's like a healthy thing I should be doing. Uh, is anything really healthy these days? Different podcast. Different podcast. Okay. But there's quite a bit of Game of Thrones news hopping around today. Yes, so let's move on and let's, let's discuss. It. Okay. Uh, Julie Davies, no trailers forever. Valid opinion. Fair Julie. Okay. So um, Game of Thrones season eight only has six episodes. Correct. Uh, we've been hearing a while about how they're going to be feature length from various cast members. We finally got some insight into that. Long story short, the episode run times were revealed. And for this discussion, I'd like to bring on a special guest. We've been, we had last week we had on Julie Davies, our reader, our uh, viewer, longtime viewer. This week we're going to welcome uh, Adam Rady, who is the host of a popular, charming, magnificent uh, Dungeons and Dragons themed live cast, Dragons and Things. Adam, can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. Great. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear each other. Okay, so I wanted to have, you know, you on here to discuss some Game of Thrones stuff and we talk about your show, which we're going to be partnering with you on at WIC for the future. Okay, so the news basically is uh, six episodes. Well, first of all, Adam, are you excited to see Game of Thrones? Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely a Game of Thrones fan. I, I'm curious to know if any of the, the people watching now remember I, uh, I used to host a show called Winter is Coming Live, which yes, was the precursor did. to Take the Black. And yes. I did that for uh, two, two seasons of that back in... <laughs> I don't know, a couple years ago. So yes, I'm a, I'm a big Game of Thrones fan and uh, definitely excited. So so ask me your questions. Yes, I forgot in all those titles. I forgot. Adam Rady, you are my precursor here on uh, Take the Black Live. You you did this show before I did it. Seems like I, I'm just I'm out. just the version of you with longer hair. That's all. Yes, but same beard. Okay, if you recognize Adam, uh, say hello. Okay, so basically, there's a French uh, cinema group called the Orange Cinema Series. Maybe I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, probably got pretty close. Who held an event to like talk about their lineup, and a French magazine was there called Premiere, and basically, uh, or our cinema series revealed the running times. So six episodes. The first two are going to be an hour, sixty minutes, and the final four will be eighty minutes apiece, which is about as long as the longest episode we've gotten, which was the season seven finale, Dragon and the Wolf, which basically means four out of the six episodes of Game of Thrones season eight are going to be good sized like that 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 is feature length there are good movies that are that long toy story the lion king uh modern times charlie chaplin there's a whole list of shorter movies that are hey that's that's a good movie it's I'm, I'm not not denying just you know the third one kind of came out of left field there adam Sherrill, or are you disappointed that we're not going to get um two hour long episodes as some very hope people on the internet uh were pining for my body would not I mean, be ready. <laughs> but Adam, go ahead. I, yeah, go for it. Yeah, Adam. no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think any any Game of Thrones fans probably 
I mean, we all probably don't want it to end, but in but in some sick way, we're all like also ready for it to end. But oh, we've sure. all, you know, we all want to go out with that big bang. So I'm sure everybody already sets aside their their Sunday nights for that experience. So I'm I'm sure we'd all be fine with them being that length. So yeah, a little disappointed, oh, but at the same time, it's it's good to know that they'll be tight episodes and that you know things won't drag on. No, I agree with you. And actually, I I don't agree with you that just. I mean, come on, two-hour-long episodes, hour and a half? What are you people crazy? Like, it's not a TV episode anymore. It's a movie. I'm, 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 I'm actually pretty... I actually almost wish they were shorter and that they were just more of them. Dan Selke with the hot take. I mean, I, I know that Game of Thrones is always, from the beginning, like, kind of, ble- kind of, like, like kind of bled that line between TV and movies. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where it shouldn't... I, I think it should... I think it should end as it began a TV show. And there's something about, like, a two-hour episode that's like, just make a movie, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you even bothering me on TV anymore? So, actually, I think this is about how far they can push it without me throwing up my hands and going, what are we even doing? I mean, I don't think you need any prompting to throw up your hands and say, what are we even doing, Dan? <laughs> like, we've, we've been uh, working together long enough that I, I feel pretty confident in that assessment. But I also agree with you that, and you, Adam, that there's this need to have these very tight episodes. I don't want to have, like, a 20-minute epilogue, like, at the end of Return of the King. No, I do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Aragorn that. looked dope when he's like, my friends, you bow to no one. But, like, everything other than that was kind of bloated and a little unnecessary. So I like the idea of having this kind of tighter season to keep borrowing Adam's terminology here. Okay. Uh, I, well, I think it's also interesting because uh, are, are any of us saying that we wouldn't watch a two-hour episode? Like, I mean, Dan, are you really saying, I might like, not oh, well, protest. I just turn it off? Well, I wouldn't turn it off. I mean, I, it's my job at this point. But uh, um, I'd be a little offended that they're getting big for their britches. By the way, I have to quote uh, Sarah B. Cheney here who says, things won't drag on. <laughs> Get it? Very, very nice. Yeah, Sarah's one of our fans. They uh, they love puns on dragons and things. Puns love are the best. Them. Bring more puns. Yeah. I'm very happy with puns. Adam, would you say you're a pungent master? <laughs> oh, oh, it's it's starting to get real punny. And that was on top of your head. <laughs> oh no, it's a trope on TV tropes. That was a punny joke. Thank you. All right. Um, so that's that. And I see if anybody else has uh, opinions on this. And I would watch to our episode. And Matt says, what no couch? I don't get it. All right. Uh, that's another one of my, uh, my, my, my folks coming in here and, and complaining. We, we, we play on a couch, and so they, they want to see you guys relax and you know, kick back and just sort of sit back on your, on your couch you know, ready for Game of Thrones. That's what we do here, Matt. I am very uh, tense all the time. Just kind of my brand. I sit next to him. It's true. All right. Um, before we go into the next bit, yeah. uh, so season eight coming, everybody's out. Like We're at the point now where the cast members are out there hyping it. And uh, I don't want to belabor this too much because every week someone says something like, oh, it's going to be amazing. But uh, I want to read through some quotes that are coming out really quick and get your guys' reactions on a hype scale of hype one to hype ten. Okay. Really fast. Okay. Lightning round. Uh, Liam Cunningham plays Davos, goes in the Late Late Show and says that season eight will make epic seem small. Go, Cheryl. I will give it a hype three, because I disagree with how he uses words. Okay, go, Adam. Uh, five, I'm in the middle. Right. They, gotta, they gotta say things to get me excited. <laughs> okay. yeah. I'll, I'll go with six. All right, um, next, the guy who plays the mountain, half Thor Helius Bjornsson, 
uh, revealed that he needed a stunt double for season eight, even though he's always done his own stunts before, and he is a mountain of a man who stands at like seven foot tall and weighs 300 pounds, professional strongman, but apparently season eight is just so intense, he needs a stunt double for something. Hype level, Cheryl. Hype tank, looking bull! Okay. Adam, follow uh, up. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna ditto that one. Yeah, Kugain Bowl, get hype. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and I will have a seven, because I'm reasonable. All right, and he finally. He says, after giving the first one an eight. I give it a six. Six, okay. This will be recorded, we can check. Okay, yeah, okay. And finally, my personal favorite, Amelia Clark tells News Cable that season eight is a real whopper, especially for Daenerys. I want to give that a 10, because I love that descriptor. Cheryl. I will, I will give it a solid eight. Okay, and Adam. I'm just giving it a four. I mean, it's a whopper. I don't it's know. A like, it's a I feel real like, whopper. I feel like Davos, Davos is going around saying it's, it'll make Epic seem small, and she's like, well, it's a whopper. It's, <laughs> it's a real right. whopper. I think that's important to say. Oh, a real, well, now that you've included that word, that changes it to a 4.5. <laughs> okay. Very fair. Okay, so that's season eight. Lots happening. Good stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to be looking forward to that for a while yet. Uh, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to be pretty amazing. But looking beyond that, we know that game, HBO is laying the groundwork for the post-Game of Thrones world, making a Game of Thrones prequel set during uh, the long night, thousands of years before the uh, main show started. Adam, just, just uh, for someone who hasn't done this in a while, have you, have you, have you been paying attention to that? Their prequel yeah. stuff. Are you interested? Yeah, in that? yeah. I've. Uh, I, I mean, I'm definitely interested. I. I certainly was very curious to know where they were going to go with the prequel. I think that right. you know a lot of people were speculating that oh, it'll be when the Targaryens come over, sure. or it'll be uh, you know Robert's Rebellion, or things like that. Those things all got thrown out at some point or another, and um, it. I feel. I definitely feel like there's something that's going to be lacking if it's if it's true that there's going to be no Targaryens and it's before they ever came over because mm-hmm. uh, dragons. But yeah, uh, at the same time, it's also a very sort of untapped potential there that uh, I'd be I'd be interested to see how the families are doing. And it does when you remove sort of that uh, that um, sort uh, that that big when you remove dragons from the equation where somebody can't just come in with a dragon, a nuclear bomb and, and basically hold it over your head, I think it, it really levels the playing field for the other houses. So it'll be interesting to see where they started from and how that dynamic works. Yeah, that seems to be the, I've got the general consensus that people are, people are at least interested. Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen a lot, but people are, seem to be willing to take this journey. And we're getting more news about what it's gonna be like, just bit by bit. We've already got uh, the principal cast announced they are these people on your screen right now. And um, what I want to talk about today really just kind of quickly is that they're, st- they're still casting stuff. HBO is still casting roles. And they came out recently with um, some roles for characters they're not naming because they know better. Just uh, L2 and W2. And they're two confident young black actors aged 6 to 10. And there's speculation online that, might, that they might be in their brothers like younger brothers, and it just got me thinking about the generational aspect of Game of Thrones, the way that, okay. like, a big part of the story to me is watching people like Bran and Arya and Sansa, and even Danny and John, like, kind of grow from kids, at least in the case of those first three, into adults. And I guess my questions for you guys are, are they going for something similar, and should they? Does any Game of Thrones prequel to have the, uh, to have the needed 
depth and breadth of scope need to tell like an a kid to adult sort of story like should it have a generational expanse i think it almost has to because the families are so important Mm -hmm. um kind of this is something we were almost talking about a little bit in wick club for this week's episode we were talking about uh women in westeros and how they kind of teach their daughters and granddaughters um and i think that that aspect that sense that something's going to continue, especially when we're talking about a prequel series, is necessary. I don't know, Adam, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually agree with that statement that it is, you know, it is it is about the families. It is about that that generational thing. I, I think it's, I think about it more from a production standpoint. And, mm. you know, we, we've seen these uh, actors, these real life people change so dramatically from season to season because it takes a long time to film them. So I'm actually more curious to see it because our suspension of disbelief can sometimes get interrupted by a new casting of uh, Tommen <laughs> uh, time and time right. again, or if, mm. if Tommen suddenly looks 25 when he was you know, supposed to be eight or 10. And uh, so I'm just curious to know if they'll be filming them in a in a different way, if they've learned any lessons, or if they'll just be like, yeah, people dealt with it before, they'll deal with it again. I mean, I mean, in in, in the case of Tommen, like you know, it was one recasting. I, I don't think too many folk noticed it. I mean, in some ways, Game of Thrones, like the, the the success, it is the casting. It's kind of like a miracle of casting. They found these a lot of these younger actors who could mature and not like go off the deep end or change in a way that made you forget who they're playing like it's it's kind of remarkable to find people to play Arya and Sansa and Bran and that they and they grew from kids to adults before our eyes and it all worked like that's 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 gonna be pretty rare I mean because they've done it once it almost makes me think they could that's true. easily do it again yeah, they, they have a good handle on yeah. what to look for when casting younger you know actors. what they're about yeah. so. by the way um, there's a comment here yes. from <clears throat> this is a bit of a pun name Pashal McCracken um, I'm an extra on the show and no spoilers, but on since season six, uh, Mr. McCracken, if you would like to share anything, uh, feel free. The comment lines are open. Okay, and before we get to our next segment, uh, a song of Dan and Josh. Um, Adam, you run Dragons and Things, your live, I think, uh, Dungeons and Dragons live cast. And you're going to be partnering with us here on WIC going forward. We're going to feature your show on WIC. Because, you know, we have fans who like Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, Fantasy, Lord of the Rings, genre, all that jazz. Why don't you talk for a second about uh, what your show's about? What's sure. Uh, yeah, it's a, I, I have to clarify you just a little bit. We, we don't play Dungeons and Dragons, though we, we, we play a game very, very similar. Cool. Uh, we call it, we play Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's... You saying Dungeons and Dragons makes sense, trust me. Um, but uh, we thought it would be a good fit. We've been, we've been chatting with the folks over there. Winter is coming to to kind of discuss the fact that, you know, you guys are doing a lot of things on the website uh, involving, like you said, things beyond the wall and and other interesting things that people may have uh, just a little bit of interest in, may have a lot of interest. Um, there may be you know lines there that that kind of get blurred between uh, one one nerddom to another nerddom or or fandom and. Um, 
the show that we do is is live every Friday night at 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, it's on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash show, which is D-A-T Dragon Show. And uh, we're, we're just a bunch of people that hang out. We we interact with the, the fans. It's great to see you on Take the Black uh, being able to interact with the fans live because, as I mentioned, when I was uh, doing the show Winter is Coming Live, the, pre- the precursor to this one, I, uh, I, w- I wasn't uh, the our technology was not that advanced. We couldn't see the chat. <laughs> and so it's really been a great thing to build a community uh, of fans and people that like hanging out with each other every Friday. So if you're just mildly interested in seeing what this show is, we encourage you to join us. If you're uh, mildly interested in just hanging out with people and having something to do on a Friday night uh, and talk nerdy things and, and uh, be able to have some fun, we, we definitely... Uh, enjoy ourselves and we're definitely down to to be able to introduce people to a new game that they may have never played that they may be interested in a new world because it is a story it's a story driven uh show what we do is it's it's collective storytelling so Mm -hmm. we we have um a game master tells the story and we basically say what we want to do in the world and then uh the roll of the dice dictates whether we succeed or fail and uh we would we just encourage people to check it out because i think that there's a lot of crossover and if nothing else, I think you'll have a good time whether you stick around for a minute or you stick around for an hour or two. Or four. All right. Um, <laughs> or four. Well, before we go, before we have Josh Hill on, uh, let's roll a little uh, informational video. Fancy. <laughs> and we'll be back in a minute. Thanks, thanks for coming by, Adam. Hey, thank you. Bye, Adam. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, I am evil GM Jim Jam. This is the Dragons and Things Patreon video. I'm so excited to tell you all about what Dragons and Things is, but first, why don't you meet the cast? I remember last week we were in a goblin cave. Uh, I would like to roll a perception check to see if I see any tracks or, or hear any goblins further down. Now, Ben, we, uh, we do the Pathfinder livestream on Friday nights. Tonight, we're just doing the Patreon video where we talk about the perks and the ways that people can contribute and the things that we do and all that kind of stuff. Jim, I have an idea. Well, we're past the ideas phase, Ashley. I really like your tone, Jim Jam. So my idea is that when people join us live on Twitch, then they can comment in a chat. And then we can comment back and respond and interact and it'll be amazing. It'll be like a community of friends. Those are good ideas that are in the show that we have been doing for quite a while now. And we can give away prizes from our sponsors like Paizo and Sirenscape at the end of the show. Yeah, that's that's part of, that's our show. We do that. Eric. What are we supposed to say in this video if we're not doing a show today? Well, it's all in the script that I sent you two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got that. I got a script. I got it uh, right here. Yes, and are you reading it for the first time right now while we're filming and you're the director and that, uh... Hmm? So what happens if I become a patron of Dragons and Things? I mean, do I get anything? Because I, I like getting more things. Well, it depends on how much you want to contribute. You see, there's different tiers based on the level of patronage that you give. Can I, can I get more hit points? Well, uh, no, no, you don't get the things. The fans get the things. You're on the show. What about this hammer? Again, it's, they're getting the things and it's gonna be like t-shirts and like I run games for the fans and they get their names burned to the table and like all the things that we talked about in the meetings that we had that you were at. Guys, this is ridiculous. Did you really not look at your script? I've been prepping all week. Thank you, Diana. At least somebody bothered to look at it. You know, can I practice it real quick? Sure, I can't stop you. 
That's right, Ashley. Every patron's contribution goes to growing our show. If we reach our Patreon's milestone, we can create more content, get better audio and sound equipment, and even get those dice cams on our stream. We can even attend conventions across the country and meet our fans. Oh, hey, Jim, I think we need to mention that our Patreon campaign will have goals that will help us expand what we can do on the show, like adding more features and content. Yeah, see, that's in the script. Diana, in fact, just said those words. Yeah, I think we also have to mention that people can donate at different levels to get different perks, because I'm not... Just stop saying words, please. <gasps> okay, so I rolled a natural 18. So if there are any goblins around, I, I hear them. Oh. All of them. <laughs> Friends, this is the kind of stuff that I'm going to be dealing with every Friday night on Dragons and Things. It's super fun. We go live on twitch.tv slash show every Friday night. Hopefully you'll join us because we have lots of ways that we can grow the show. We can only grow the show with your support. So please consider donating to our Patreon campaign to keep this thing going for the long haul. Jim, do not forget to mention the Twitch URL and uh, and just, just say it out, the, the whole thing, so people can, can find it. I will see you guys at 6 p.m. on Friday night for Dragons and Things. Welcome back. What a fun fresh video on dragons and things coming to a wicknet near you in the near future. And I'm joined now by Josh Hill. Thanks, editor. Josh, how are you? I am good. Hello, everybody. I'm excited for this show. So, uh, oh yeah, I, I am too. It, it does look pretty cool. It looks really awesome. It does. Anyway, what we do, you and I, is uh, we go through each and every chapter of A Song of Ice and Fire. Yes, indeed. Um, drilling down, just picking apart the chapter, what makes it work, what makes it not work, yep. what makes them special. And today, we are reading Tyrion 1 from A Clash of Kings, oh, yeah. the second book in the series. Let's do it. All right, Josh. So, um, by the way, you don't have glasses on. I don't. You look lovely. I can't see. Are we on camera right now? Who is that? Yeah. It's funny. It's funny, <laughs> funny guys. Okay. I, I did have glasses on when I read the, the chapter, though, so I okay. don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe. Okay. We'll find out. So, first impression. So, this is basically Tyrion comes to King's Landing and just kind of, I think it's like he's trying to mark his territory. He is, and this is kind of the swagger of, of Tyrion. Like, there's, there's quite a bit of swagger in There this is one. a lot, and this is, I mean, we kind of got that from the first book. The, sure. I mean, he is who he is. Like, he's definitely a character, mm -hmm. more so than just the normal sense of the word. But this is kind of the first time that it felt like he is the Tyrion that we know on the show, where he's, there's bravado, and he's confident, he knows what he's doing. And he... There's does a lot. Like, he, he seems very confident here. Yeah. So his first act in this chapter is to walk up to the small council chamber where Cersei is meeting with Varys and Littlefinger and Pycelle. Yep. And just the, the very first thing he does is he talks to uh, Mandon Moore, who's yep. guardian of the Kingsguard, and he has to contemplate, like, do I have to have him killed so I can get into the small <laughs> council meeting? Which, like, right there kind of tells me, Ugh, this is this is a bad place to be right now. This oh, is bad, yeah. like the state of things. Mm -hmm. But the idea is, you know, it's with Tyrion's game, it's all about authority and yep. presence and projecting things. He's thinking like, okay, I I am going to burst an Cersei small council meeting, and if I let this guy turn me away, I will look weak. And yep. if I have to kill him and have Bronn kill him, I guess I'll just do it. He doesn't have to. No. But I, I, th I thought that was instructive. That the fact that he even thought about it was like. Yeah, it is. pretty rough here. Yeah, he knows how to play the game. Like, that's a Tyrion move. Like, and it's also a Tyrion move to have not killed him, too. Well, I mean, he stepped aside. 
That's I think true. he was ready to kill him. I think I he was think ready he to was. have Bronn kill I think he was. Megamore. I don't know how that would have played out, but... And then he bursts in. Cersei's at the meeting with her king, with her uh, small council. Mm-hmm. And I like that Cersei greets Tyrion with the exact same way that Joffrey did, just <laughs> saying, you. Yep. Like, it's the one word line, like, yep, me, here I am. Um, and immediately he kind of lays things out. Um, he's here to, as Tywin told him, he's go and he's the hand of the king, yep. or representing Tywin, hand of the king. Cersei, um, not pleased. Objects. Objects. Why does she object? Because she doesn't, first of all, she doesn't like Tyrion. So there's no. that. And she wants Tywin in the armies. Like she wants protection in King's Landing. Yeah. And she doesn't think that Tyrion can offer that to her. No, she's like, I asked Tywin to come and send my armies and he sends me you What the hell. I know. She's offended. Here. She's like, what is this? I mean, that's interesting because Cersei, I mean, right now, again, it's all about authority. Mm-hmm. Like Cersei thinks she's in charge. She is the one in who has the king on the throne. She's that. She's, yep. she's, she's a small council. Tywin has the armies. He thinks he's in charge. And Tyrion's goal is, how do I let them all know that I'm in charge? Yeah. Like, that's kind of his challenge right yeah. now. It's a, I l- go ahead. Well, it's a measuring contest. It's a ding-dong measuring contest is what they're doing. And who's the, who's the, the biggest? Yeah, yeah and that's, that's, the, that's the point, yeah. And she, she, she actually might because she <laughs> is in charge, and she's in the position of authority. And Tyrion, that's why it was so cool to see Tyrion coming in and swaggering, like, TV version Tyrion because he knows mm-hmm. – you know, this is, I need to lay down the, I need to establish some sort of foothold here. May not be the strongest, but he has to let him, he has to let everybody know I'm in charge, which is kind of cool that Tyrion, or Tywin sent him as the, his representative, because that's kind of, that benefited Tyrion. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, because everyone respects Tywin, even mm-hmm. if he's, I mean, Cersei wishes he had followed her orders. Well, she has course. to respect. There's a difference between respect, and she respects Tywin, but, and mm-hmm. then Tywin having bestowed this onto Tyrion forces people to honor yeah. their respect for Tywin. Not necessarily respect Tyrion, but it's like, you know, you can't go and, you know, give the middle finger to your boss even if you don't like him or her. You have to say, okay, I get it. You have to respect the authority that has been bestowed. And that's the power of Tywin, who has not been seen, but has only right. been mentioned. And every single time you get this feeling of authority and this feeling of such great power. I just thought that was really fantastic how that's cool. George R. R. Martin set that in there. But again, I mean, it, it helps Tyrion, but it's not a sure thing. No. Like he's like, for example, at the end of the chapter, so he goes to visit Shay, mm-hmm. who he's hidden yep. in um, an inn, basically, which yep. differs from on the show. He hooks Shay up with uh, the Sansa's handmaiden job, <laughs> yeah. Which well, you'll see this is a difference uh, in the books. He keeps her like apart at from the distance. castle, huh? And. Why do you think they would change that, by the way? Well, in the, talking about in the it. show? In the show, yeah. So in the show, they, they, they make it so Shay is actually in the castle with him. Well, yeah, because she Sansa's can be handmaid. on the show. I, that's per- I think it's perfectly <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's, like We don't want to write scenes where Tyrion has to like, leave the yeah. keep and establishing shots of Croatia galloping through to go mm-hmm. to his secret hideaway. Just, just put, him, put him in the castle. <laughs> it's just fine. It, it worked out perfectly it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, but when he goes there, he's surprised to find Varys is already there. Yep. Like he, Plot twist. Tyrion tried to bring Shay in secretly mm-hmm. because he knows, because T- Tywin told him, do not bring that whore to court. Mm-hmm. I will hang the next whore I find in your bed. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion still has his daddy thing, daddy complex going on. So he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> so he brought her, but he's trying to keep her secret. Daddy, a daddy complex or a love for Shay? I think, I think daddy complex and lust-ish Lust love for, for Shay. Okay. I'm with you. Yep. Is, is, is how I would describe it, at least right now. Yep. Um, so he brings her anyway, and he tries secret her away, and he gets there, and Varys found out and made it before he even got back. <laughs> like, how, how irritating must that be? Very irritating. 
Varys just being like, nope, not today. You thought this was going to be something else, Tyrion, but it's not. What do you think of the long uh, kind of conversation they have in the mm-hmm. book? And um, it's kind of Tyrion and Varys saying things, but uh, the, like all they say has a double meaning. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion like translates it in the book. Yeah. Where Varys is like, um, you have to, uh, did you come through the God's Gate? The beautiful eyes that were, st- that were mm-hmm. carved in there. And then in his head, Tyrion translating, like, I have eyes everywhere, be careful. Yep. And uh, I think Varys says, um, oh, it, it, it's, it's, you know, it's so dangerous out there today. Uh, it's a, it's, it, other men might come here who are, you know, much uh, less friendly than I am. And Tyrion translates, if anybody else finds out about Shay, they will kill you. I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you dig that a little I lo- bit? I love that. It's like in the old, like, you know, gangster movies where they're talking on the phones, but they have to use code words. Mm-hmm. So, like, the FBI doesn't know what they're saying because he knows the FBI is listening. And it's the same thing. That's really cool. And I'm sure, sure that's where George R. R. Martin maybe got this inspiration yeah, from. And it also highlights just how dangerous of a world this is to navigate. Like, this coded speak with that Varys is saying is cool on the surface, but it's mm-hmm. also like, you know, when you're reading it and then, Tyrion translates it in between there you're like well this is like over my head like this is a dangerous world for, for Tyrion because I, I, I'm not sure it is for Tyrion no not for Tyrion but for like me as the for reader for Ned it would be yeah exactly for like me as the reader there's like some trans- I mean there's literal translation that needs to happen which yeah. shows what you're seeing may not actually be what is going on behind the scenes what is reality may not actually be reality because there's so many puppet strings being pulled you have to be careful what somebody is saying to you means something else. Right. So this is a dangerous, dangerous game that is being played. Yeah, and Tyrion, um, he comes back. Like, he makes veiled yeah. threats against Varys. I think there's even a line there, like, see, I speak your language, asswipe. He <laughs> yeah. didn't say that, but just, like, I, I know how to communicate the same way you yep. do. Whereas exactly. Ned Stark, the last kind of the king, like, so would not get any of those double meetings. No. They just, he would not translate them. They would fly over his head, why he died. Okay, um... Let's talk briefly about Varys's. While Varys is there, he tells Tyrion a riddle, mm-hmm. um, which was spotlight. Remember from the show? It wasn't I don't show. remember from the show, but I do. I was very intrigued by it. Oh, cool. As it was happening. Do you recall it, or shall I uh, read it out? I think you should read it out for the people. Okay. So Varys gives Tyrion a riddle, um, and it goes thusly: <laughs> A king, a rich man, and a priest are in a room with a cell sword. Each of the three men bids the cell sword to kill the other two. What does the sellsword do? Who does he obey? And what is that supposed to mean? He basically like says it, and then he just leaves. Like yeah. Mike drops and goes. <laughs> yeah. On the show, Tyrion like they're they're more of like a one on one conversation thing. Yeah. And he answers him and he explains it, but he doesn't in the book. No. What do you think that means? Uh, I think it's meant the sword is meant to represent Ooh. Uh, like power almost because you have to you have to know what the sword. The creator of the sword. The cell sword? No, yeah. The sword sword. The cell sword. Okay. Like you have to understand what the creator had behind the intent of creating the cell sword, no? You mean Martin? Yeah, no, like, yeah, maybe. But, like, I think so it's I, a... Do you understand? Like, 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 there's a dude with a sword. Yeah. And there's a king, a priest, and a rich guy. Yeah, like, the dude the with the sword. You have to know yeah. what the dude with the sword wants. Otherwise, oh, sure. So it, get it, So, as Tyrion, I think, said, it... it it depends on the sellsword? It depends on the sellsword. And I think that that's an, a metaphor for power. So, you know, if you, if you don't do what the people want you to do, the people will revolt. You will not have your power. You have to, it's because you have to, all these authoritative figures. Right. We're constantly trying to figure out, you know, 
what the, what is what do the people want? Otherwise, you're going to have violence, and the sword is an accurate representation of the violence. It's literally a blunt object of death. Yeah, sharp object. So, yeah. well, beat him on the side with it. You know, if you don't want to, you don't want to be a piercing. <laughs> beat him with the hilt. Just right beat him with the hilt. Um, but it's power. I've, I think that the sword is power. It represents oh, sure. that. And then w how you interpret that power is how the sword is used, and how the what the sword the man with the sword believes is power, what he thinks mm -hmm. is right, is going to be either your downfall or you getting to use said power. Sure. It's a massive riddle. <laughs> it is, it's, a, it's, it's a brain it's, teaser. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I, I'm, not, like, I'll, I'm not sure it really has an answer. I don't think so. Um, but that's but, the point. It's, it's, yeah. open, it's open to multiple interpretations. If any of you are interpreted, feel free to tell us in Do the tell. comments. I mean, the way Varys puts it on the show, again, like on the show, they have him explain a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked his explanation on the show was that it's about the fact that power doesn't really exist. Like, so, you know, the priest, the rich man, and the king are all authority figures, yeah. right? Like, they're people who give orders to others. The sellsword is somebody who takes orders. Mm -hmm. But in this situation, the sellsword can kill all of them. Yep. So who really, so the, the, the kind of unanswerable Zen koan is, who really has the power? Mm -hmm. I mean, if the power, if the sellsword has the power, then why do we follow the orders of rich people, clergymen, and kings? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, why? And the point of it is that power is a trick. Yep. It's, it ex as Varys puts it on the show, it exists because people believe it exists. <laughs> well, if the words are right there, why not use them? Yeah. And that uh, it, I think his point in, in that speech he gave from the show is that even a man who, you know, can't fight, like Tyrion, could wield power if they just play the game correctly. Believe that you have the power. You have to convince people yep. that you have power and that it's a fake it to make situation. Yep. And that's what gives you power. I mean, look, we're not very powerful. We're here in a show talking about <laughs> Game of Thrones, but like I feel we understand powerful. the nature you think so? Oh yeah. We have the power. <laughs> Of interpretation. We do have the power of interpretation. Of literary analysis. We have the power of people's attention, too. We're commanding I mean, attention. I mean, the, even in modern day, like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, we vote people into office, a president or representative. I mean, the act of voting doesn't magically give them power. No. We all believe in this system mm -hmm. where you vote for somebody and they win and then they get to make decisions. But that's not like a preordained thing. That's just because that's the way it's written, it's the way it works, the way we believe it. So I think the point is that power is an illusion. Usually I'm the one that waxes poetic about this type of stuff. It's nice to be on the other end. <laughs> I mean, do hey, I sound you crazy? No, it's, I agree with it 100%. Okay. Does anybody else here think I sound crazy? <laughs> we'll see. All right, what else in this chapter I liked? Um, Tyrion, and, oh, uh, really quick uh, vocabulary from this week I enjoyed. Mm. Uh, Varys is described as unctuous, <laughs> which word. is excessively or ingratiating ingratiatingly flattering ingratiatingly oily. is a good word too it is a good word mm -hmm. I like that unctuous unctuous it's like really suck uppy mm -hmm. which I enjoy um, so Joffrey gets to, uh, not Joffrey uh, Tyrion gets to King's Lenny immediately so does start kind of undermining Joffrey a bit like mm -hmm. he gets out of the Red Keep after the small council meeting and he sees Joffrey's kept up all the heads on spikes on the walls yep and the and the the guardsman tells him oh he told us to keep him up there until the war is won Tyrion's like that's that's dumb idea they're mm -hmm. gonna get disgusting they're going to rot and we need to like start to pacify people so we just take them down and that's a power struggle it's going to be mm -hmm. because again it goes back to power who's in charge yeah. here like Cersei wields some power 
Tyrion wields some power. Joffrey wields some power. Mm-hmm. And again, he's he's king. He's the least qualified to do anything with power, but he has the title. Does that actually give him what power? What is power? What does power mean? What is it? What does it all mean? What is it? <laughs> that's what we're trying to answer here. But that's that, that's where it's leading. That yeah. Tyrion is is testing the boundaries of what he can do yeah. as an entity. And yeah, so basically this book is a how-to guide on how to win friends and influence people <laughs> in medieval times or elsewise. I also wanted to mention, um, I liked the way he desc- uh, Martin describes Cersei. Mm-hmm. And she, she's a very angry character. Yep. And uh, all of her dialogue here was, uh, she always liked, she, like Cersei, blah, 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 blah. She snapped, mm-hmm. or like she snatches a letter out of Varys' hands. Yep. I just like the, the word choices he used to oh, kind yeah. of get to her um, anger, which is, with Cersei, I feel like anger is always like right there, like right underneath. Yep. You can boil up at any moment. So I like that. I like all the backhanded compliments on here. <laughs> Um, or, like, little puns, like, Tyrion wants to burst in a small council meeting, and Man and Moore's like, no disturbances, and he's like, I'll only be a small disturbance. Funny, ah. funny guy. Very funny. Although, um, so now we think of this. They did cut some of the grosser stuff for uh, TV. For example, when Cersei and Tyrion are fighting, and they're talking about Jamie, he says, it doesn't seem quite right that you should open your legs for one brother and not the other. He's got a point. He does? It's the, the, yeah. I mean, the incest? Yeah. Not about him, but he's got a I nice mean, he's saying, nice why don't you let me have sex with you, too? Yeah, I know, but that's a nice jab. That's a solid burn. This should put that in the show. I'm not endorsing further incest here. I'm saying that's... <laughs> the, I'm glad you're not. That's that awesome jab. I don't I know. That. I don't think there's any way you can read that without tearing coming off as pretty gross. <laughs> no, you can read I it mean, as what if he says, savage. okay, do it? That would be a great comeback, because he wouldn't do it. Are you sure? Do you want I'm to go positive. down this, this rabbit no, hole? No, but I could definitely see that back and forth happening because that's the sort of like power struggle game of chicken that, was, that we were having in the chapter. I don't want to see that game of chicken. <laughs> okay, okay, well, okay. I, I didn't expect that reaction from you. So, jo- uh, but I'm, glad I'm, glad I'm, glad I'm glad you don't support incest. No, we are okay. 100% against incest on this show. Goody. And uh, <laughs> 100%. 100%. Tyrion does... Um, Get some... That's going to be in our tagline for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you can make the tagline for that song of Dan and Josh. 100% against incest. <laughs> Probably will. Oh, yeah. Um, or sell t-shirts. We should start a fund for that. Can we start a GoFundMe for that? <laughs> we absolutely can. And just, get, can. and just get it on t-shirts and stuff. Oh, yeah. For stickers. There it is. Um, Tyrion does get... The, the way Tyrion kind of gets Cersei to at least tolerate his presence yep. is by um, saying that I'll help get Jamie back. Mm-hmm. Which that, That's kind of that's how... A, Big one. That's his in. Yep. Like, I, I don't think he has any intention of doing what she wants, mm-hmm. but he at least wants to keep her in a corner and just, again, just become the most powerful one. Mm-hmm. And finally, they do a little foreshadowing when um, the guardsman tells him that Cersei has been preparing l- large casts of wildfire. Mm-hmm. Tyrion says, uh, Tyrion was pleased that Cersei had not been idle, but wildfire was treacherous stuff. And 10,000 jars were enough to turn all of King's Landing into cinders. Mm. Wonder where that's going. Wonder where that one's going. Many fun places. <laughs> all right. Any other uh, fun things to mention before we wrap up? No. I do like, though, that we were, you know, the whole Sansa came up as like a bartering thing. Yeah. It's like, you know. Oh, yeah, of course. And the idea being like, and Arya came up too. And the again, when you go into these characters' heads, you kind of forget that they only know one perspective and the idea right. that Arya is lost 
maybe she's dead. Like, we know she's not. Yeah. That was kind of a nice reminder to be like, these characters, as smart as they seem when they're interacting, doing all this stuff, actually don't know the full story the way that we do. That's cool. Do we have Arya next? We might. I think it might be Bran. It is Bran. Bran. Next week, we will be reading Bran 1 from The Clash of Kings. Bring us your questions and your curiosity. Yes. And, uh, no, I'm sorry. Next week, we are off because our video team is going to Super Bowl. Ah, yes. We're excited. Okay. So, so two weeks. For two, for two weeks? Well, no, in two weeks, we'll be back. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so next week, we're off. But two weeks from now, we'll be back with more uh, Take the Black Live, more A Song of Dan and Josh, yep. more Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, genre fiction, news you can use. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll see you in two weeks. Adios. Adios.